0: Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CT for Thursday, May 27th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host on today's show, Todd graff and we have a star-studded lineup for you all. We have Morton Anderson, pro football Hall of Fame kicker and host of the Great Dane Nation podcast, available now wherever you listen to your podcast. We also have Will Lutz, who needs no introduction, kicker for the New Orleans Saints. And Will, since the last time we spoke, uh, you had... Quite a uh, quite a wedding. Congratulations to you and Megan.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. We had, a, we had a blast. It was a long time coming with all the cancellations.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, had to had to make a few uh, accommodations on that one. Well, gentlemen, we're going to talk a bit about this past weekend's PGA championship. Of course, OTAs for Will, but let's start uh, at the 18th hole of the PGA championship, because that seems like all anyone wants to talk about um morton and will you both had some some big moments in your career how cool was it after the year that we've had more than a year that we've had to see the fans cheering on the legend himself phil mickelson and morton you know we can start with you
2: fantastic and it reminded me really of the fedex cup final at eastlake a couple years ago when tiger came up 18 and everybody kind of just fell in behind him and it became a melee it just became uh an unbelievable scene. Uh, it reminded me of that, and it couldn't happen to a to a better guy. My fellow lefty. I'm a lefty, so I was happy to see Phil. Uh, you know, he's really trans- transformed his body and uh, been able to stay with the game. And, you know, as, as the game evolves, you know, the equipment gets better, obviously. But he's he's lost weight. He's he's still hitting it as long as anybody. I think he has one of the longest drives on one of the holes out there. I saw a stat. Where he banged it out there like 340 yards. I mean, for a 50-year-old guy, unbelievable. I don't know if Will hits at 340. I don't. My, my nickname Plus. is Short, Shorten. You know, I'm, I'm like a 250 guy at max, right? So, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool scene. And uh, there's hope for guys over 50, you know. He, he's played on the senior tour and uh, and done really well, won a couple of times on the senior tour. But to still be able to do it with the flat bellies is pretty cool.
0: Will, what did you think about just seeing the crowd behind Phil and just kind of swarming him uh, and and cheering and just hearing all the fans?
1: Yeah, just like Morton said, the first thing I thought of was Tigers win at Eastlake, Um, but you're just sitting there watching it with a couple buddies, and it's just kind of like sports are back, you know, it's like, you know, it's just not the same. Fans make make sports, and, um, you know, we can't do it without them, and um, to see their support for Phil, even with a guy like Brooks um, partnered with him, it's pretty cool to see that a guy of his age is still kind of leading the way and winning a major like that. But it just shows that it doesn't matter. You know, you, if you put it in kicking terms, as long as you're making kicks, it doesn't matter your age. And then, you know, if you can hit the fairways and you can out drive the 27-year-olds, I think you're uh, going to last a while, which he's doing. So it's pretty awesome.
3: Well, uh, I am an unabashed Phil supporter. I, too, am left-handed like Morton. Um, Phil is 11 months younger than me, so he's been my favorite golfer basically my entire life, and I watched the last four holes on an airplane, and the guy next to me thought I was an absolute lunatic uh, (laughs) with my fist pumping and everything. But the question I wanted to ask both of you gentlemen is, I I thought it was very interesting after the tournament was over and Phil was addressing the media, and obviously he was not, at his sharpest early on in the process. And his brother, Tim, who is his caddy, went up to him and said, look, if you're going to win this tournament, you better start committing to every shot. And I think that's an interesting parallel to what you guys did as kickers and having to commit to your kicks. I mean, would you kind of agree with that?
2: Yeah, well, I would just say this. um, And I just had Adam uh, Vinatieri on my pod, and, you know, we talked about what a 50-yarder versus a 26-yarder is, right? And sometimes I think, at least in my career looking back, And Will, you can speak to to how you feel about it. But sometimes at 26, we're supposed to make that one. So sometimes we take that for granted and we we don't put the same sort of uh, emphasis on it and maybe guide the ball a little bit more instead of just banging it down the line, down the target line like a 50-yarder. You have to commit to a 50-yarder because it requires it. A 26-yarder, sometimes in our mind, we say, well, it's a lot shorter. And so I don't have to have the same amount of commitment and that's where you get in trouble. I think the same in golf. Uh, you know, if you don't commit to the shot and believe that it is a seven iron, okay. And it is, and, and that's, got, that's a stock seven iron or stock eight iron, you know, and commit to it and you try to guide it and try to baby it. That's when you get into trouble. And, and from, from a kicking standpoint, that's, I think that's what his caddies, his brother's talking to Phil about. Like, really you know commit and 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 say be convicted about believing that you know you can deliver the shot but you have to like you have to come through it you have to attack the ball and and i think in a kicking will uh, at least when i try to guide the ball i got in trouble but when i just attacked the ball you know with purpose i had a better result
1: yeah i thought it was really cool if you watch every Every one of Phil's shots, his routine was the exact same, and I think you know whether whether it's chipping up to the green, a seven iron, driver, like you said. Like when you're watching it, you're like, okay, what? I mean, come on, it's he's got a three foot putt. Just go up and knock it in, right? But that just shows you know how something like kicking in golf. It's just a it's a routine, and if if you get out of that routine. You know, you have a little bit of lap, a little bit of a mind lapse, and you know, you you push a twenty-seven yarder, you pull a thirty-five yarder, the kicks that you're supposed to make, and so um, just like Morton said, if I don't attack the ball, I usually leave it outright, and that's or that, and that's how I remind myself to attack the ball, and I yeah. think you see these guys, like I said, just go through a routine to the millisecond, and I, I just think that's something I, I take away from the game of golf.
2: I also think like keep it simple, you know, keep your routine simple. And, and like, whether it's your uh, verbal cues, whether it's your like in a pre-kick routine or a pre-shot routine, have something that works for you that reminds you of a positive behavior, dominant behavior. You know, a lot of times in the high performance business, we have noise that enters things we don't control that starts affecting our routine. That's when we get into trouble. You know the mind is the devil's playground I mean if it's an idle place you know and uh, there's a lot of void up here but we have to we have to just compartmentalize and say what do I control my effort my attitude right and what what is it that makes a successful kick? I think it's keeping it simple, keeping it compact and keeping it online and I think it's very much the same in golf. Yeah less is more I couldn't agree agree couldn't you know, less is more.
3: Are you guys taking any practice swings? Do you take a couple of practice swings before you address the ball?
2: I waggle that. I (laughs) waggle that thing and I smack that thing. Okay. Golf
1: wise, I don't like to waste my good swings. Kicking wise, I like to swing one. Gotcha. Mm -hmm.
0: I like it. Well, uh, gentlemen, the uh, Saints had their Hall of Fame golf tournament on Monday. Will participated in the Zurich earlier this month and won the celebrity shootout with Sean Payton. Will, would you would you beat everyone on the roster, or would would Zach give you some competition? Which
1: which Zach Zach Wood Zach
0: Wood Zach Wood
1: No no shot he, no no competition there. <laughs> um, he's a long snapper. I'm a kicker. Yeah,
2: that's all right. Um,
1: I will say this. Nobody to nobody's surprise, Taysom's the best golfer on the team. Um I've given him a run for his money a few times, but he's a guy's a ball striker.
0: Will have you and Morton never gone
2: head to head? No, I haven't on he's,
0: the golf course he's back in
1: Atlanta and I'm living in New Orleans. We we, we switched the wrong we'll have to
2: uh We'll have to make that happen. A little friendly uh, head. You're going to have to give me strokes. I'm a 13 (laughs) handy. You're probably a plus two or three. So I'll take one. I'll take one a hole. That'd be great.
1: (laughs) You can beat me at golf anytime, Morton.
0: Morton, we know you have your special teams for special ops, which you had to postpone this year. Do you think uh, you guys are going to be able to put it on this year and maybe we can get Will out there?
2: Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. But it's, it's during the season. We're, we moved it to the fall. So we got October 18th as a date. So we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and do it. The Army Rangers are gonna be the, the branch of the special ops guys that we do. So we'll have about eight Army Rangers. You know, we have an Army base over here in Columbus, Georgia. So we'll, we'll draw a lot of guys from there. And, uh, you know, we've done pretty well with it. Raised over a million dollars the last eight years. I'd love to get Will in May sometime. So next year, we'll do it in May. Maybe um, I don't know if you have mini camps or you don't, you don't go to mini camp, right? yeah. <laughs> Don't need mini camps. us go discuss basic. that at a later <laughs> date. Tell us, tell us when the first game is, well, and we'll show up. We'll be there, right? Have have foot. We'll travel.
1: We have a, a running joke after every practice on on Wednesday. I say, all right, see you Sunday. Exactly.
2: <laughs> hey. That resonates with me uh, on a deeper level that no one else understands, Will. But
0: <laughs> Would you like to explain, Morton? Care to, care to elaborate on that one a little bit? Well, we
2: just, uh, we get very creative with the free time we have. Let me put it that way.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. I like it. That was a very PG way of putting it. Well, Will, uh, you know, on Monday, Sean Payton discussed OTAs for the team this year, saying it's more of a strength and conditioning off-season program this year. But how does it feel to be back in the building? I mean, you mentioned just sports are back, seeing the PGA championship, seeing the fans, you know, last night with the Knicks game, how does it feel to be back in the building and kind of have a little bit sense of normalcy?
1: Well, the best part about this time of year is just seeing guys, you know, we've been away from each other for a few months now and, you know, it's just kind of like a, just a little quick visit with everybody and kind of gets the juices going a little bit, gets you ready for training camp. But I think, you know, for us, the training never truly stops as far as the conditioning and the weightlifting. So um, from a specialist point of view, it's just really important right now that I'm getting getting reps in with our lock snapper and our, our new punter. And, um, you know, we're trying to find our rhythm just like everyone else is. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I can't find professional uprights anywhere else. You know, I was kicking on a high school field for a little bit. So um, it's important for me to get out here back in the facility just so I can kind of start swinging on these professional uprights and uh, get back in my unit and try to get a good base going in the training camp.
2: This is this the first time, for, Will, that uh, that uh, that you're kicking? Because I, I never kicked until June 1st. I did not put foot to ball. I did a lot of muscle memory stuff, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in the gym, uh, but I never kicked because I felt you know, if I'm kicking in February, March, April, and May, I'm going to get so burned out by the time we get to training camp and the season that I'm not hungry. I'm not like really Jones to to put foot to ball.
1: I will say every year in my, so my, going into my sixth year, I've definitely kicked later. You know, I've, you know, I've learned that, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't need to do this. Right. But you know, we had a little bit of a down season last year personally. So I did get to get to work a little earlier this year, but it's not even like I'm out there pounding footballs. It's like you said, the muscle memory stuff, it's, Hey, let's just kind of lock in my swing before you get into OTAs. But, you know, the last two years, I didn't, I didn't touch football until we got here. And um, honestly, I think that's the way to do it. You know, our, our groins, our quads. They take a beating, you know, I call it a 25 week season because you have preseason, you have, regular season then you have playoffs and so um you know taking care of your body and giving you some giving yourself some time off is extremely important
0: well morton you kind of alluded to it i mean at 25 seasons in the nfl how did your off-season work out your regimen change over the course of your career or did it change or did you kind of just try to keep things status quo
2: well uh, to Will's point he he's right there, there, there are certain muscle groups for a kicker that that are troublesome and if they get overworked it can get into a chronic situation where you just cannot uh, recover from it and you've seen a lot of see a lot of sports hernias you see a lot of guys walking around with with these mesh you know things <laughs> in their hips because they just ripped they just kicked they overkicked, basically so to my earlier point I really wouldn't kick, you know, in the off season until we got into uh, OTAs and mini camps. I wouldn't touch a ball, but I would do a lot of motion. I would do a lot of stuff in the gym that had to do with, uh, you know, a lot of stability ball, a lot of bands, a lot of uh, flexibility and core strength and functional strength. Just that had to do with, um, you know, had to do with kicking because. You know, Mackie Shillstone is a fitness guy down in New Orleans, and he always talks about kicking being like a catapult on an aircraft carrier where you, you know, you kind of load it and then you, you know, you fire it. And, and I, I, I like that a lot. It's an explosive movement. And if, if you do it repetitively, hundreds of times over a short period of time, you just, your body will not hold up, especially as you age. So also to Will's point earlier, as I aged, as I got older, I, I scripted everything. And I would script everything. I would hand it to the coaches and we would have a very uh, particular you know, way to do my work. I would do my skill work before I did my weight work during the season. So we would kick in the beginning of practice. So I didn't have to warm up two or three times during, during practice. So we would put that up front. And then we would do the teamwork. I'd get five or six kicks, and then I could go in the gym and do my thing and and uh, and and be done. It, you know, skill before uh, strength, and and that really helped me. And then get massages, chiropractic, all these other things, hydration, you know, uh, electrolytes, and all these things. To make sure you're balance, you know, your you, your body is 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 well hydrated, and you have the right supplementation is is so important. But that came later, quite honestly, early on, I was just kind of faking it till I, I made it. I didn't really have a routine in my 20s. I was literally just kind of winging it until I learned to kind of create this team, Team Anderson, if you will, with guys that were really good, like the Mackie Shillstones of the world, the great massage therapist, the great chiropractor a great sports psychologist put them all together and let's go and and then I it freed me up to do what I was supposed to do so a long answer sorry but but that's you know that's uh, you know and also when I got in trouble like to Will's point about well he, he might not have been real happy or whatever there, were, there was a, a period in, in 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 your season last year I just think that when I got into trouble, I would go back and look at when I was striking the ball really well. I would look at video, I would look at film, and I would say, wow, this is what it's supposed to look like. Let me get a mental imagery of that. Let me, let me rehearse that, You know, let me visualize that, and let me now go out, out on the field. And, and I'm not reinventing anything. I'm literally just going back to a base, of, of a foundational base where I know I can operate at a very high level where my behavior, my positive behavior is the dominant behavior. And I think to me, when you miss one, two, three kicks here and there, or, or a couple in a row, what it is, it's when you look, let me just take you, Will, let me look at your career, right? It, it's a bump in the road. It's not a chronic situation, it's, it's not normal. So what you have is your bit, you have your body of work, and then you have a small blip on the radar and you're just blazing right through that because you have recruited that dominant behavior for so long that you are able to go back and you have you have a lot of film there for you to look at. Just go and, and look at that film, and then recruit. That, just go back to basics and strike the ball, attack the ball down the target line, and that's it. No, 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 no noise. You know, that's. Uh, <laughs> That's what I see with you. That's what I saw with me. I see that with a lot of guys. Everybody wants to meddle when, when the kicker misses a couple, stay away, stay away from Will, stay away, you know, let him do his thing. He's a professional. Well, you didn't
0: know you were going to get coached up uh, on this interview. Did you?
3: I love it. <laughs> but it's, but it's true,
2: yeah. but it's true, you know, and, and, and uh, I would challenge anybody who disagrees, um, you don't need to, to meddle with a guy of Will's stature. He's earned, he's earned the right to be there. He's earned the right to belong. And, you know, if you couldn't do it, you would have folded by now. You, you would have, you would have, you would have packed up your stuff and you would have hit in the corner and sucked your thumb, but you're not, you know, you're, you're right there, you know, in front of us. And so this is nothing but a little bump in the road and, and, uh, actually very healthy may reassess some things you did that you maybe shouldn't have done right or I agree agree with that or, or things in your head that maybe got in there that didn't need to be there maybe it allows you now to clarify and simplify the process and and rejuvenate and and recommit maybe you know these are all very healthy things as an athlete
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we know we'll get will, will to meetings here in a little bit, but we'd be remiss to not talk about another legend. Adam Vinatieri announced his retirement on Wednesday after 24 seasons. And gentlemen, you two know better than anyone with with so much turnover in the NFL. What do the fans maybe not give enough credit to a, a player like you, a player like Adam being able to execute at a high level over such a long period of time? And, and Morgan, we can start with you.
2: Well, first of all, the kicking position is the most important position on on the football team after the quarterback. I've said this many times, and people go, oh, it's an edge rusher. It's a shut down corner. It's a left tackle. Those are very important. No one besides the quarterback affects the game, affects the game more than a kicker. So that's the number one thing. We're underappreciated, we're underpaid, and we're we're under – you know, undervalued. Um, so I would, I would argue again, you know, for that point uh, and, and more guys need to go in the hall of fame and Adam needs to be there. And if will continues, he needs to have, it needs to be considered for that as well. So to me, it's just um, a stigma that that's out there because you're not an every down player. Uh, so I just think t- you forget that Adam started, he was in NFL Europe this guy's coming out of uh, South Dakota State, uh, you know, and and didn't, you know, his hands weren't above his head right away. You know, N- neither was mine. Neither was Will's. And and the good ones, the, the, the elite ones, like Will Lutz, okay, like like an Adam Minitary and and maybe myself, they've earned the right to do it through hard work, consistency, and a certain will and stubbornness that other people are not willing to exhibit that's really it so when people look at the place kicking position they are they need to understand it's very difficult to be very good at it very anything
0: to add to that
1: yeah i think when you look at the epitome of longevity you have morton and adam right exactly. you got two guys who have done it the right way for so long and it's just like you know I thought Pat said it great um, on his podcast the other day. He leads scoring in a sport that is defined by scoring. And that's why if you look at the top scorers in NFL history, the majority of them, I mean, until you, you go pretty far down as kickers.
2: I think you get to Jerry Rice eventually.
1: Yeah, at some point, but I mean, you probably got 15, you know, you got Oh, yeah. It's kickers who lead the way with scoring. And people forget that. You know, I saw something, it's like if you could have a kicker that was going to give you points every time you cross the 50, would you draft in the first round? And it's like, yeah, it's three points every time you cross cross the 50. And so people forget, you know, when you say, you know, no one affects the game more, that's points every time we touch the ball. You know, that's our goal. Yeah. And you know, you got some you got guys who you're looking at thousands and thousands of points at this, at this point. And it's, it's, um, I mean, it's incredible.
0: Well, gentlemen, I feel like we could talk to you two all day long. I know Morton, you have a ton of advice to give. Will, you have plenty of stories to give, but unfortunately we have to let you go, but we appreciate your time. Morton, thank you as always. Thanks for your advice to Will. Will, we know you have to get to meetings, but thanks so much for joining us and, and providing a little perspective on what's going on now inside uh, the Austrian Sports Performance Center.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Well, thanks. I just know that my, uh, my phone's always there for you. If you need any advice or, uh, you know, a- any knowledge I can give you, uh, I'm, in, I'm in your corner and a uh, huge supporter, man. You've, you've been an unbelievable player for so many years. Just keep it going, brother.
1: Thanks, Warren. I really appreciate that, man.
0: Well, of course, we wish good luck to Will this season, and I have a feeling that won't be the last time we hear from Morton on this pod. Fantastic, fantastic insight and perspective, as always. Well, shifting gears a little bit, the Saints this week mourn the loss of the second coach in franchise history, J.D. Roberts, who passed on Monday at the age of 88. Roberts' first game with the Saints was one we will never forget.
2: He's tying a 63-yard field goal. Not only will uh, Tom Dempsey hits this one, he's got a very slight win at his back, he'll set a National Football League record in addition to winning the game. I don't believe this.
0: Oh, it's good! I don't believe it! The
1: field goal attempt was good from 63 yards away!
2: It's incredible, Tulane Stadium has gone wild. A
0: 63 yard field goal. Roberts was the head coach when the team drafted Archie Manning in 1971. His legacy will live on here in New Orleans forever. Okay, Saints fans, that will do it for this week's edition of the New Orleans Things Podcast presented by SeatGeek. We hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend for Will Lutz, Morgan Anderson, Todd Raffini. I'm Caroline Dallas. Talk to you next week, Saints Fans.